podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Chessy Hour. I'm joined by two lovely guests. Alexis, how are you doing? Not too bad, bro. It's good to be back on. It's good to have you on, man. It's good to have you on. And Shemi, how are you doing? I'm good, bro. How you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm not too bad, man. I'm sure the, the streets have been um, waiting to hear from you two, especially, so let's get right into it. So Why is let's... that? Why is that? Yeah, man, people love your analysis, bro. People love your analysis. I swear. I don't, I don't get none of this feedback. You might have been hiding it from me. Hey, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the streets. Maybe I'm the streets. Uh, people call me Agenda <laughs> FC, fam. Agenda FC, apparently. So. <laughs> hey, I've seen a lot of colourful nicknames associated with you, Alexis. From, oh, uh, too many. From certain <laughs> fan bases. But yeah, um, just a bit of housekeeping, guys. Um, check out the Patreon. You know, we're being consistent there. We'll give you the Saturday show. We'll give you pre-match pre- um, previews, post-match previews. We've even got a scouting show coming out soon during the soon during the summer transfer window. I know you guys love to hear about the players that we're linked with, and you would love to see some breakdowns. So check out there, and and be, please please do subscribe. Um, not only that, but the YouTube guys. I know some of you guys love the the visuals. Um, us at Cheshire, I won't lie, we're slacking a bit. But you know what? If you guys get the YouTube to 2,500 subscribers, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the visual content. You know, we'll give you the visual content. You know, you guys have got the Discord lives there. You've got the pip, you've got the podcast. You've got little snippets here and there. Trust me, it's well and truly worth it. But yeah, let's let's get right. Let's get into the into the nitty gritty stuff. So before we even get to the Champions League, we have to talk about the way we ended the season. So Alexis, I want to get your opinions on um. Our last two games, especially, you know, the Leicester and um, Aston Villa away game. What did you think of those games? Do you have any worries um, coming up, coming out of those games? I'll be honest. Uh, two polar opposites. I left. I left the Leicester game being super proud. Um, 
I was like, this is the team that I want to see on a regular basis. Um, this is the team that's going to pipe Man City in the final. All confident, happy. And then get smacked in the face by Jack Grealish and the crew. Like, it, it, literally two polar opposites, opposite spectrums. Um, I think the performance against Aston Villa was disgusting. And it, the fact that they know what they needed to do. It's in their hands. You're not depending on anyone. Just go in there, be professionals. And they bottled it. There's nothing, no other way to say it. And like we'll most probably get into it, but it was a the tale of our season. We're on top for half an hour, and then bang, it's just a switch goes and we're just shit. Like there's no two ways about it. it makes no sense. Yeah, you did mention a very interesting word there in terms of bottling it. And if, if you look back, you know, our last what three, four finals, losses, you know, coming to the end of seasons, you know, having to rely on opposition on, on our rivals as well to save us. Some may say we may be developing a bottling gene, you know, and I think it's pretty see, worrying. It's harsh, though, because I want to be as rational as possible, right? Against Madrid, this, these were the same players, Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante, um, Rudiger, Thiago Silva. None of us were calling them bottle jobs there. Atletico Madrid, they dominated. Porto was comfortable. Like, they managed the game well. We can see the last minute winner. But then it's the finals and then the same players start disappearing. So maybe it's a mentality issue. Maybe we're being a bit too harsh, expecting them to be consistent all the time. I don't know, but it needs to be spoken about. Yeah, it definitely does. And Shemi, I want to get your thoughts on, the, on those two games. How, how, do, how do you feel? There must have been pretty, pretty opposite feelings. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Leicester, I knew we were going to win that game. Secretly, I just, I just knew. I don't know why, but I just knew. Um, but yeah, that, that was a fantastic performance. Um, for I'd say 80 minutes of the game, we're thoroughly dominant. Um, and everything you expect from a team that needs to win a crunch game, um, we got. Um, minus one or two nervous moments in the last 10 minutes, we conceded that goal. I thought overall the performance was absolutely fantastic. Um, but then, yeah, again, come to Aston Villa. We just look so poor. Um, I think a lot of I, I think going from the lineup here, I'm starting to the I'm starting to notice a pattern that when certain combinations in attack, so um, i.e. when Pulisic and Werner play together, I don't think it works. Um, I, I I think you guys mentioned it in the patient in the Patreon. I'm not too sure because someone said in the group chat, but um, yeah, I, I I just don't think it works. We just look very very blunt. Um, and that's not, I don't mind when either of those two play um, separately, but when they play together, I just don't think it works. And um, yeah, we just look very, very blunt. And generally, the team was poor. Um, again, we, again, first 30, we had some few chances. Mason Mount had a really, really good chance. Um, Werner had a good chance. We completely just missed the ball. Um, Pulisic had a chance early in the second half where he completely missed the ball again. And yeah, like, Story of Chelsea. Whenever we we whenever we don't capitalize on our chances, um, funny enough, this season since Tuchel's taken over, we've been pretty solid and managed to still find a way to win the game. But this time, due to like sub lapses in concentration for both the goals, we got punished. So yeah, man, it's for me. It's a it is. I I do see something a little bit worrying in the sense that we're not toothless enough to um to win when we concede. So yeah. In that sense, I'm worried. But, yeah, very, very poor performance. I was, I, was, I was very disappointed. Would you not think the reason we're not scoring goals is because we only have three attacking players? 
And when you and the combination mm. that you just mentioned where uh, Pulisic and Werner, I'm going to get criticized for this, but Pulisic isn't the most creative player in the sense that he's a dribbler, right? Um, he makes things happen for himself. And then if he has to drop it off, he'll, he will do. And none of them are the most clinical up, like, out of the three of them. So that will Werner, Pulisic and Mount. I think that's where the issues arise. And then the wingbacks we can talk about all night. Like, don't get me started on it. When you say depend on Aspie as a wingback, I think we've got problems. Yeah, there are some serious, serious problems. And one of the interesting things that Shemi mentioned was the toothlessness, you know. Um, we're probably going to talk a bit more about Tuchel um, later on, but uh, one of the in more interesting stats about him is, is being the fact that on the form table, you know, a lot of people love that table. He's, he's second, but one of the things that was really, that really put, um, put it out to me is the fact that we've only scored 25 goals. Now, that is 12 goals less than Man United, less goals than Arsenal, 10 less goals than West Ham, less goals than Leeds, less goals than Leicester, less goals than Newcastle, and one more goal than Aston Villa. Guys, do we have a problem in attack? I mean, what we've been what we've been knowing though, we've been, we've been knowing that we've had a problem. We've had a problem in attack since since September, October, really truthfully. Um, like this isn't new. This has been the theme of the whole season. It's not something that just happened when Tuchel came came when, when Tuchel came. Um, we had a little. To be fair, we had a little flurry in um, late September through October. No, sorry, sorry. Um, throughout, from October to I say late November, where we were scoring quite a few goals. Um, but other than that. Um, this has been the story of the season. So it's not really a surprise for me, if I'm being like, completely honest. Um, I'm just grateful that Tuchel was able to make us really, really solid um, to the point whereby we were keeping so many clean sheets that didn't necessarily matter. But yeah, like, it, it's not a surprise. It's been the story of our season. Um, Werner hasn't hasn't worked. If we're keeping it a buck, the guy looks incredibly, incredibly poor. Um, I think Havertz came into, has come into form. Um, and I think... Um, he, he is one of the few people that I trust in attack. Him, and I'd say maybe... I think Pulisic in front of goal is pretty good too, but he, he doesn't seem to really be getting those chances um, too often recently. But outside of that, there's not too many people that I can really trust in attack. Um, but it dawned on me today, though, that um, when we had Werner and Tammy as a combo, that was that seemed to be working best. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you know, Tuchel doesn't favour Tammy or whatever, but... Yeah, man, the point I'm trying to make is that this isn't really new and it's been the story of the majority of the campaign. So, yeah. Mm, interesting. Alexis, I feel, like, I feel like you have something to say. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but you, the math ain't muffin. Like, we create so many chances. This is the issue. Like, under Frank, especially at the start of the season, we weren't creating the chances, so, and we weren't taking them, and we were conceding. But now, like, just from the Villa game, Mount had two chances from the top of my head. Werner had a chance. Chilwell had a chance. All in the first half an hour, the game could have been killed off. Like, I don't know how much we can blame we can put on Tuchel when the conversion is 19%. I think we created the second most chances since he's taken over. So evidently, the issue isn't that we're not creating enough, it's that we're not taking. So is that an X, like the player's issue? Because... We did spend a lot of money in the summer to fix it. But then, I don't know, man. Werner was not clinical, but he was getting numbers in Germany. Havertz should be getting more numbers. Mount, the amount of the volume of chances he gets, he should be burying them. I think it's 
it's a final third issue with, with the players. I don't think it's a fully a systemic issue. Interesting, interesting. Because I, I do think there is something to say about yeah, we do create a, a volume of chances, but I think one of the, one of the more interesting questions to be to be looked into be the quality of the chances that we create. Because I do feel like within our games we do create quite a few half chances. You know that the Pulisic chance against Aston Villa, you know the Mount chance around the edge of the box. I feel like I don't feel as though we're creating as many clear cut chances as as what we could be creating, and I feel like that may be coming as a result of the fact that. Tuchel's become a lot more reluctant to play more attackers, you know. And one of the things that made the 3 4 3 more enjoyable under him was having the fourth attacker in Cho at right wing back. And recently having them Aspi there, it does feel, feel as though as we're playing a bit more pragmatic, we're playing a bit more reserved, and we're not really trying to take the game to our opponents anymore. And I'm, and I'm starting to feel like this is becoming a bit of a bad pattern, so to say. I don't know what you guys have to think about that. He's scared to lose. He's absolutely scared to lose. And you can tell that we're in the business end of the season where, and I don't know, if you if you remember his PSG game, he had the German guy at right back, the centre-back. Yeah, Kura. Kura towards the end. And I always wondered how is he playing as a wing-back or a full-back that's meant to be attacking because he wasn't good enough in the final third. And you can see the same patterns forming in the sense that he's reverted to Aspie over Reese. Because I thought Reese only played centre back because of Jamie Vardy. But then against Aston Villa, Reese was the centre back and Aspie was still the, the wing back. And like you said, I think if you had Callum Hudson Odoi and were a little bit more brave, and it's not because I have a Hudson Odoi, like I'm a fanboy that just wants him to play all the time. Yes, I do think he's a good player, but I think he offers us something that we don't have in a squad. And it's directness, it's good decision making because. We lack that in the final third. And I, even though he's young, he has that attribute that a lot of our players don't have. For example, I trust him more than I trust uh, Pulisic or I trust Mount to make the right decision in the final third. That might be controversial, but it is what it is. Yeah, agreed. I, I would agree with you because I do feel as though he'll... Whereas a Mount, you know, Mount's very high, very high octane, you know, very, 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 very aggressive Scrappy in the way he attacks. Scrappy do. Like, yeah, I do feel as though Cho has a bit more variance in the fact that he can be a bit more reserved and a bit more patient. But, you know, at the end of the day, I guess, you know, it's up to it's up to because of what the coach wants to see. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is I don't think it... Whilst what I agree with what you guys are saying, I, I also think that if we actually had some some potent attackers in the, in the attack... The wing back issue can be because as because because as P is not the most attacking wing back. Yes, don't get me wrong, but this season I feel like when got in get when when in those areas the middle for final third he hasn't been terrible. Um, yes, of, of course he's not a dribbler, he's not aggressive that, but he's put some decent crosses, he's made some decent overlapping runs. You get me? Like he hasn't been completely awful. I just feel like if if we had some potent attackers in the front three. We could we we would be able to overlook the wing back thing, in my opinion. So, for example, as I said at the beginning, yeah, when we play Pulisic and Werner together, yeah, um, along with Mason Mount, Rav, we basically have one attacker in in the front of the third, and that's Mount because Werner Werner, we know what Werner's been on this season. He's not um he's 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 just off form or well, not even off form. He just looks poor. Um, and Pulisic is very very absent in a lot of games, um, in my opinion. So essentially, there's no one really, there's, there's no threats there. There's, there's legitimately no threats. Um, 
I think Havertz is Havertz is very very young, so you kind of do have to give him the benefit of the doubt. And to be fair, when Havertz has played, um, particularly um, second half of the season, he has produced. He has um, given a lot to the attack, um, whether it be runs, whether it just be quality in around the box, whether it be um, scoring scoring goals. Um, he has he has added. Um, obviously, we haven't seen Cho in the front three for a little while now, and in my opinion, Ziyech has been well 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 below what he can produce as well. So my point is, um, as much as I agree with the wing-back thing, if we had attackers that were actually consistent and on form in the front three, we would be able to... Uh, we, it would, I don't think it'd be as big as an issue um, as um, you guys are making it out to be, in my opinion. Semi, but but yeah. don't, you, don't you think, right, where because there's only three of them, defenders focus primarily on them and less attention goes to an Aspilicueta or a Ben Chilwell because of their lack of ability to take a man on individually. Like, for example, with Ben Chilwell, I think whilst he's been a good signing because he's a steady Eddie and he fixed the Marcus Alonso issue, when you play as a wingback, you need to have more about your game where you're carrying a ball. Like, the threat of beating your man and crossing something needs to be there. I think with him and Cesar, like, they don't offer enough of that. So teams are like, okay, cool. We'll just mark the space. And if you, if you try to get past me, I, I trust my fullback to defend. But if it's a hudson Adoy, nine out of 10 times, he's going to get past him if he's got some space. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. But um, I just feel like we shouldn't take the shine away from the attackers because attackers' job is to score goals and to make goals. Do you get me? So um, I just feel like, you know, whereas we're so used to having a blunt attack, we're kind of looking at other positions whereby... Um, yeah, yeah, don't excuses, in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, I, I didn't want to use the word excuses because what you're saying is very valid, but um, I just feel like the attack should get most of the blame first and then we can look at, um, obviously, the other areas such as wing-backs and whatever, because as much as I agree, yes, wing-backs, you have to be able to kind of be athletic up and down and take on your man um, but at the same time, you have to be able to defend very, very well. And Chilwell and Aspi have done that. And so is James. So um, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. It's, it, it is a difficult one. But like you said, I, I, did, I really did enjoy the balance of when Cho was there. Um, and um, to be fair, Chilwell doesn't necessarily take on a man, but he's very good at penetrating runs. So, yeah, it, it's a difficult one. But attackers need to pattern up for me because it's, it's, it's pathetic. It's actually pathetic. Um, but yeah, 12 goals between Zayish, Werner, and Havertz in the league is just not like literally. Yeah, the last <laughs> if we, if you look if you look at the lot, I was going to say the last few games, but even just over the course of the season, yeah, for me, since I'd say since about December, I can't think of a game where Zayish has actually impressed me. Um, likewise, Pulisic the whole season, Werner, likewise, since about December as well. Like it is actually pathetic. <laughs> like these guys are single-handedly just dropping media performances every single week and getting away with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm tired. I'm actually so tired. So yeah, man. For me, the attack just needs to really, really pattern up. And I, I, it begs the question: if the attack was firing all cylinders, would two could be this conservative? I don't know. But we just we just wait to see until next season. Mm, yeah, I do think there's a, a bit of a healthy medium there because I do agree with both of you, but. I'm leaning a bit more to Alexis, um, um, Alexis Hyde at the moment because I, for me personally, I've always believed that as a team, you want to be dangerous. You want to be dangerous as a team. You don't want to be dangerous as individuals. And 
yeah, we, it would be nice to have him two potent attackers, but we saw that at PSG, you know, and he relied on two potent attackers. And when they were mocked out of games, you know, well, it, was, it, was, it wasn't too hard to deal with them. And I do feel as well that if you are able to spread your danger across your team, you know, and you can actually rely on different, different parts of your team being able to create, get involved in goals, you are a lot more of a dangerous um, outfit. You know, you look at like a, a Man City, you know, their fullbacks can create, their fullbacks can chip in, their midfielders can chip in, you know, their, their front line can chip in. And, you know, I, I feel like when you rely so much on just um, your two attackers, you know, your, your, your striker and um, your inside left, you know, because we, we're not really going to count them out as an attacker, unfortunately. You know, some, me personally, I don't agree with that, but that's a story for another day. But yeah, when you do um, rely on those two players, I feel as though there's way too much of a burden on them to have to bang every single 38 games of the season. And I do feel as though, I'm not saying that you're saying that, Sherry, but I'm just, I just feel as though when you spread that um, when you spread that reliance around the team, you are able to have a lot more fluid attack. And I do think that's something that Tuchel has to think about, you know, because you can't just rely on having two outlets. You know, you've got to be able to have the team being able to be able to function together. And we've, we've, we have seen it. That's the thing. We've seen I it. I expect more than we've five goals, though, man. Come on, Pulisic. Like, yeah, like, man. Double bro, yeah, bro, bro, I'm not finished. Like, if I if I start on Pulisic, I, I, I will be here all, all, all when, night. When you think about Conte season, yeah. So what? Hazard got 16. Costa got 20. And Pedro, and Pedro got 10. Pedro got maybe like 10. And the win-backs, yeah. The win-backs contributed heavily to, to the season, yes. But at the end of the day, if the attackers weren't firing the way they were firing, bruv, you know what I'm saying? Like, we wouldn't, got, we wouldn't have achieved what we achieved. So, yes, the win-backs are very, very important in the system. Don't get, don't get me twisted. But um, ultimately, if your attackers are not firing, everything's going to fall to shit. Do you know what I'm saying? That, that, that's just how I see it. Um, how, how is Jorginho a top goal scorer, man? Do you know what I'm saying? You, off, you, you see what I'm saying? Exactly what I'm saying. So, yes, like, don't get twisted. The wings are very, 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 very important. And it may even beg the question that maybe um, as solid as we've been, um, it'll be very interesting to see how maybe if we go back to a four next season, how maybe that, that could benefit us more, maybe. Because um, obviously you've got the extra winger as well as the fullbacks. Because I've always said that James, I think, as a fullback, is good. Wingback's not necessarily his thing. Same thing with Chilwell. Um, so yeah, it would, it would be very, very interesting. But yeah, I think that's my piece on that. Mm, definitely, definitely. That, that is a very good point. And um, since we're already on the, on the topic of Tuchel, Tuchel I do want to um, get you guys' um, thoughts on how he's performed domestically because obviously the season's not over, but with the domestic season having wrapped up, you know, we've somehow, you know, finished fourth. Thank you, Topspur. You know, we appreciate you. Gareth Bell, drinks on me. Um, and obviously, you know, we unfortunately lost the FA Cup final. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on them, how you believe Tuchel's um, come in and dealt um, domestically within England this first season. Well, his first half season, anyway. Alex, I'm going to start with you. I think we've done all right. Um, his start was amazing. Uh, we were just panning teams left, right and centre. It was comfortable. It was fresh. It was exciting. But then... It started to fester out towards the end, but I think it's because we started adding more emphasis into the Champions League. And even as a fan, I think it became more and more difficult to get up for the Premier League games after you had the Atletico Madrid and then you had the Real Madrid games. You're always looking for the next one. I even remember telling myself, like, oh, I can't wait till ne the next game, forgetting that we haven't even qualified for top four yet. And they're human, in it? It's going to happen. Realistically speaking, if I had to grade it on like one to ten, like it was a seven and a half, 
Like, I think it was a solid performance. The only reason he started dropping, for me, he gets a seven and a half and not an eight or a nine is because of the way we ended the season. There were a lot of performances where it was iffy, like the Aston Villa game, the West Brom game, which the West Brom game stands out to me ridiculously. There was no reason to perform like that. Arsenal, I hope, like, I get bantered on a daily basis by Arsenal fans in my group chats. That's what, they've got blood on their hands, all those players. Like, it's unacceptable that I have to go through that when we're in a Champions League final. Yeah, fair enough. And Shemi, what are your thoughts? How, how would you rate them two good domestically? Yeah, I think he's had a, a very, very good start to life in England. Um, it's funny because the West Brom games, they're, they're, for me, they're minor because you get a man sent off, it can happen. For me, the more alarming games are the Brightons at home, um, the Arsenal at home. Um, those games where we just look so devoid of ideas of breaking teams down. Those games were more alarming to me. Um, but on the whole, um, I think he's he's been very, very good um, domestically. Um, he's, yeah, he, he, I can't really complain. Don't, don't got, forget, domestic, domestically counts the FA Cup. Oh, okay. So you're counting everything, yeah, not just league. Um, yeah, so who did he have in the FA Cup? He, so he had City. I think City was a very good, that was a very good tactical performance um, in the FA Cup semi-final. Um, I can't remember who he played before then. I don't know. No, I don't think he was in. Was he in charge before then? Before the City yeah, game? Yeah, I think he had, um, he had oh, yeah, four Barnsley, FA Cups. Barnsley. Barnsley. Yeah. Barnsley and someone else. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Barnsley and um, I can't remember the other team, but I remember those two games were poor. So there was another game at the bridge and then I Barnsley. Said, um, Luton. Luton, yeah. So no, Barnsley that was Frank's last game. You're right. No, that's, no, Frank's no, last, that's Frank's last yeah, game. Yeah, we, only, right. we only had Barnsley. No, no, no. There was one more. There was one more where um, we won 2-0. Um, Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield United. That's the one, yeah. Sheffield United and Barnsley and FA Cup were poor games, I can't lie. So it's it's funny because when you look at it, yeah, even though we've got a lot of wins, they, they are like, there there are quite a few um, performances which were a bit iffy um, in the wins and in the ones that we kind of lost or drew. But on the whole, um, I think, yeah, um, we've been really, really good. And the start to domestic life has been really good. So I, I ain't got complaints. I need to give me a rating though. Oh, a rating? Rate out of 10. It's uh, 7.5. Fair enough, fair enough. You want me to safe option. So, um, you know, since Tuchel's come in, we've seen a revival of a couple of players, you know. First game we saw Marcus Alonso come through. You know, he, a lot of people have, a lot of people have detractors of him. He played against Tottenham as well. And he came up, he came up big, you know, he came up big. And then we also had, um, had another guy, you know, the man, the moment, you know, he, he had an amazing interview that came out today from the Players' Tribune. You guys need to go read that if you haven't. Antonio Rudiger. And the reason I, I raised that is I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on who your best performer under Tuchel has been so far. For me personally, I don't think anybody even holds a candle to, to what Rudiger's done so far. You know, the only mistake he's, he's really done is the um, goal against Sheffield United. But other than that, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's been important in our build-up. You know, he's been a leader. You know, he's, he's, got, he's scored important goals, you know, against, he's scored an important goal against Leicester. And yeah, I mean, I can't really have any complaints. You know, a lot of people thought he was, he was our worst centre-back. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on who your um, player of the season under Tuchel has been. So just quickly, yeah, the really good thing for me is not that surprising, though, because um, I think um, under Conte, he was really solid. I think mm. under Sarri, he was really solid too, you know, too, with David Luiz. Um, and under Lampard, yeah, he, 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 had a, he had shaky 
get a shaky spell, which a lot of people want to be done with him. But on the whole, his Chelsea career under different managers has been, he's been really solid. <laughs> you know what <laughs> the problem with him is? He's got a lot of, oh my God, what, what the hell are you doing moments. Yeah. Where, like you can make a whole like five minute skit of his mistakes and you're like, what is he doing there? Him diving yeah. into challenges when he shouldn't be. Um, the Roma goal stands out in my eyes. Like, I know you all remember that one. The ball traveled like 50 yards. Bro, oh, man. There's so many things that... This is why when... You know, like, he's been my favourite player under two shows as well, Babs. Like, I agree with you. The problem is, I I remember just tweeting, I'm not getting sold in it. You're not going to sell me a dream that you're some world-class defender. Because I've seen this before. He goes on a good run. But I'm holding my hands up now. Like, he's been fantastic. And but that's the thing, though. Sorry to cut you. He's earned a new contract, yeah. Sorry to cut you, but is it is it a dream, though? Because, like I said, I think Conte season, he was really solid for a whole season. Sorry season, he, I remember him being, for the most part, next to W, he's quite solid. So, he's shown he can do it over a, over a couple of seasons. And this will be the third. This will be, like, okay, so two and a half now. Because, um, obviously, he got introduced halfway through on the two call. And basically missed the whole of last season, basically. So, so yeah, would what you buy a new centre back to partner him next season? You know what? Funnily enough, I think out of all the positions, I think centre back is almost comfy. Personally, um, I think we, I think we've got enough. Like, I think Thiago can can partner him comfy. Um, I'm still not sure about him and Chris in the two, but. Hmm. I, I don't know about him and Zuma either in the two, to be fair. I, I need to reassess it again. I can't lie. I definitely need to reassess Cash it again. in on Zuma now. Like We need money <laughs> to get to 40 million or whatever anyone's willing to pay. Because at the end of the day, sometimes you let go of assets. Like We're not saying Zuma's a bad player. Well, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I think the 40 million could be spent elsewhere to improve this team. Like He's surplus the requirement, in my opinion. Damn, that's a harsh one. That is a harsh one. No, but realistically speaking, like if you're keeping Rudiger, you got Thiago Silva, Christensen, Guayhi's most probably going to come back. Zuma's not going to be happy being fourth choice. You have to make a decision. Like at the end of the day, they all four of them have made a case. Okay, I want to play week in, week out. So, so you're going to have to sell someone. I would personally sell Zuma. Interesting. Fair enough. Listeners, let us know, you know, get the hashtag, get your opinions coming in. I know a lot of people are not going to be happy about that, but it's a hot take. What else are you going to get from Alexis, you know? So, guys, you know, as you guys are probably listening, it's Friday, Friday night. You know, you're getting ready for the big game on Saturday, 8 p.m. Porto against Manchester City in the Champions League final. You know, there's a, there's a very, very big build up to this game. You know, it seems that like all the players are fit. Jay Porto? No, I said in Porto. He's a, oh, he's been playing in Porto. Yeah, he's been going to say you Porto. got the wrong final, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry about me, Chevy. Don't worry about me. But yeah, in Porto, as I said, Chevy, uh, a massive game, you know, against Manchester City. Thankfully, all the players are fit. It seems the men should hopefully be playing. His ribs are not too fragile. We've also got to hope that a one in Golo Kante is fit and raring to go. So, guys, before we really analyse the game, I want to get you guys' thoughts on just how you're feeling. You know, we feeling confident. You know, we feeling a bit apprehensive. Like, what's, what's, what are the feelings in the cap? Shane, we're going to start with you. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend Account, 
you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Um, ultimately, it's a Champions League final. Um, so it's kind of hard to predict how it'll go. This is what the third Champions League final I've watched. Well, I would have watched. So, like, looking back on previous finals, yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's hard to predict. It's, it's very, very hard to predict it. I remember United, um, I didn't know how, how that would go. By I mean, like, I thought we'd, we'd lose badly, end up winning. So, it's hard to predict. But I think I'm feeling quite, I'd say, apprehensive, um, simply because I've watched a lot of Man City this, this season. And I can't lie, I, I, I admire, I think they are a fantastic team. Um, so anyhow, they are kind of on it. Um, it will be, yeah, it could it could be a long day. But what I will say is, um, I don't think you can underestimate the value of beating them twice as we have done this season. We, we've beat we beat them twice, albeit they weren't um, full strength on one of the occasions and kind of semi strength on the second occasion. But beating them twice, I think um, Pepper shown a tendency to overthink things in the past and something like that could make him overthink, do you understand? So I think, yeah, that's a that's a psychological little boost there. Like the players will believe that they can do it. And that's the most important thing. Once the players believe, then anything can happen. Um, but having, having having said that, I'm apprehensive in that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we came away with the trophy just simply because Chelsea are just, they seem to be quite inevitable. Like they'll have a meaty season and somehow pull it out of the bag. Um, done it time and time again. Um, and having said that, I wouldn't be surprised to see even either. So, yeah, man, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of on the fence, I won't lie. Mm, fair enough, I'm feeling you. Alexis, how are you feeling? Man, I'm excited. Like, I didn't think I was going to be seeing the Champions League final, so it just feels like a bonus match. Um, I know it's going to be a cagey affair. That's what Champions League finals are, normally are, like, um, especially with Chelsea. The last two have been in 1-1 penalties, so fuck all yourselves up, guys. Like, most probably going to be penalties again. Um, but... Man, God's got a plan for us, isn't it? There's no way he put us through losing to Leicester in a final, that Aston Villa game. Like somehow God's just gonna reward us at the end. The footballing gods work in a funny way. I think it'll be a tight game, a ta- proper tactical battle. Both teams will be scared to make a mistake. I'm like, I'm praying that you know, if teams you normally when they get to their first final lose it. So hopefully City follow the script. Yeah, man, I feel you, man. I think it's a very interesting game because I feel like a lot of people are probably going to be expecting us to be blown blown away. And I'm not sure because the first instinct I can think of is the fact that we played them twice already. You know, we have we've been able to limit them in terms of their chances. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, it's not their strongest team, but City on City with their with their, with their second string team are probably going to be 90% of the teams in the Prem. 
you know. And the fact that we we're able to limit them in terms of their chance creation, you know, we weren't, we weren't exactly um, open at the back. We we're able to create chances as well against them. I, I, I am feeling a bit, not confident, but I feel a, a lot less scared than what I would have been, like, under a Frank, you know, if he was in charge. But, you know, I feel like Tuchel's done a good job getting us here. You know, he's beating Atletico Madrid, he won the La Liga. He's beating second place from Madrid, you know. It's a strong team, you know, it's a very strong team. And I guess, as Alexis did say, man, you know, it's a final, anything can happen. And we've seen in, in some people's first Champions League finals that they've gone to lose. And we can only hope that that's the case because Pep's, Pep's record in finals is quite scary. You know, 14, 14 wins for 15. You only lost to Jose with that super Madrid team. So, yeah, it is going to be an interesting thing to see. But you know, know because- what? I think you hit the nail on the head with Tuchel. We always feel like we have a punch puncher's chance because I feel we have a top manager now where he preps his teams to win a one-off game, like no, no problem. It's like, you know, with the Man United final when they lost to Emery, you almost knew that Emery had a chance because of his pedigree yeah. in the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you could trust them on a one-off good, good game. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Like Rafa Benitez 2.0 coming up. Like... One-off game, he'll prep you so well, they'll shit house mm-hmm. into a win. And I back us, like, to do something like that. Under Frank, I don't know, innit? You went in just praying it's going to be respectable. Now it's, no, we can actually win this game. Agreed, agreed, agreed. He hasn't really put us into good stead. So uh, the interesting thing is going to be, um, I guess, going to be the lineup because for me personally, I don't think we're going to go for midfield two. I wouldn't be surprised if we went above all three of the midfielders, you know. It's going to be a game whereby the midfield is going to be where, where the games won a loss. You know, Gundogan and Gundogan this season has been absolutely ridiculous. So having them Gundogan, you know, Rodri and KDB as a midfield three against us, it would be interesting to see how we combat it. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on the start eleven, just to think about what 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 level would you go with, and what le- and with the level that you go with, try to make it realistic as to what you expect to actually see going into the final. Next, I'm going to start with you. I think Mendy's going to play. Even if his ribs hurt, strap him up. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, you need to play this game. There's no way I'm giving KDB that confidence to shoot on site. Um, back three, I think it will be Aspie, Thiago, Rudiger. He's going to go with experience, tried and tested. Right wing back, Reese. Um, he's going to give us that protection just in case Cancelo plays left wing back. Oh, left. Well, he basically plays left wing back. He's meant to be a left back. But then I agree with you, by the way, Babs. Um, I think it'll be a midfield three, but I don't think it's the three that you think. I think it'll be Kante, Jorginho and Mount. So he'll do what we've done in the FA Cup where Mount basically tucks in when we're off the ball into a three. So that we have a little dish. And then as soon as we have an opportunity, they counter. He's the one that tries to join in. Ben Chilwell left, left back, front two. Werner and Havertz, if Havertz is fit. If he's not, he'll go for Ziyech. Havertz is fit, by the way. Yeah, he's he interesting. Is, uh, yeah, I think he's... Uh, I'm hoping he's fit because, you know, he came in against um, Villa. And for, personally, for me, I think he was very impactful in the way we changed the game. You know, he missed a, a big chance, but I do feel as though when we have Havertz on the pitch, you know, at least in the front front final third, we do have a bit more of a calming sense, you know. It was not like the game just... So well, it, it? it just feels though like the game just slows down and plays yeah, great pace. Though. Hopefully, hopefully we see a Champions League masterclass. You know, let's let's just hope and pray. So, Shemi, what what are your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, I'm sorry to be um, boring, but I completely (laughs) Alexis completely took it out from me. I think um, I think what will happen and what is the most sensible thing to happen is to play a three. Um, 
So I think, yeah, Matt will drop in um, as kind of like a false nine and you have a, we'll have like split strikers with Vernon and Havertz. Um, and I think um, what was interesting about the Premier League game, yeah, is if if, if you go back and watch like the like the first half, yeah, City City essentially played with four attackers. So they had two occupying our three, our three centre-backs and they also had two in the half spaces between um, our pivot and our wing-back. So it was like, if, 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 you remember, if you guys remember the first 25 minutes of that game, yeah, we couldn't get a grip because they had bare overloads like in that middle um, final area of the pitch. So um, I think that's something to be wary of. So um, putting Mount in there would probably would help stop that. Um, in terms of defence, I think, yeah, the, the, the wing back, the right wing back thing will be interesting. I don't know if he's going to play Aspi or James. I don't know if you guys remember who played, who played wing, I think James played the Premier League. It was Reese. And I'll, and yeah, I'll yeah. remind you because what I'm doing was Reese. James James played the Premier League one wing back, and and then the um the FA Cup one was who Reese no, as well. I think, I think it was both. Was it Reese as well? Reese, both oh, Reese. Both. The, the okay. reminder I'm going to give you was if I don't know if you remember that first half he drops a sting cup, and then the second half he was absolutely on it. So I let's hope we get good all game. To be fair, do you remember? Do you remember. not remember Mendy had him a couple bit a couple of times? You know he was a bit apprehensive to go forwards, mm. and when he had yeah. that second half you, forwards, you having a bad game. Yeah, on yeah. um, that second half performance, he was straight on it. So let's hope we get that Reese James. I'll let, I'll let you carry on, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So in, so so I'm um, going off the back of that. I think Reese James will play right wing back, and then it will be Aspi, Rudiger, and Thiago, um, and then yeah, Chihuahua left wing back. And I think he's going to go with Kovacic and Kante. I I personally would go with Kovacic and Kante, um, and then I bring on Jorginho maybe about dependent. I, I think regardless of how the game's going, I'd bring on Jorginho at some point in the second half. Um, yeah, I think that's how that's how it's gonna go. Mm. Yeah, the reason why I asked you guys that was because I wanted to get you guys' opinions on them um, within that midfield battle. Are you guys trusting of a uh, Mason Mount to fulfill his duties as a centre midfielder? Do you think there's a bit of a worry that he's gonna be able to he's gonna roam forward a bit too much so, and leave these guys, you know, um, open? So it's not so when, when so for, for me, yeah, it's not necessarily. He doesn't necessarily have to fulfill a center mid, center mid's um, defensive responsibility per se. Do you get me? It's more just dropping in and being a body, like being a screen shield. Um, so he's done it a few games. So off the top of my head, the Tottenham game we played split forwards. I f- I feel like the first leg in Athletic Cup. No, I was going to say Athletic Cup, but probably not. I'm tra- there's, there's quite a few games where he's done it. So essentially, just dropping in when they have the ball, yeah, just dropping a few yards deep. Um, and just being a screen, like just being a body there, it makes a big difference. You don't necessarily have to be backtracking and do the dirty work in midfield, making tackles. No, that's for Kovacic and Kante. But if you're just a body like screening just in front of them, um, especially when they have the ball in front of us, um, you're blocking off a lot of space for them to play through. Do you get me? So I think that's essentially the role. It's not necessarily um, making tackles, um, putting in interceptions and stuff like that. It's not necessarily that. It's just more so, more so cutting off the passing lanes. So yeah, yeah. In that sense, I think it'll be very. It's very easy for him to do that. He's done it before. So yeah, I think it'll be fine. Fair enough. Do you, do you envision a, a, a game whereby we don't start him? No, no chance. No, no chance. Interesting. First name on the team sheet, I think. Um, like he earned two shells trust, and I think whilst I'm critical of his finishing, I do see what he offers. Like in abundance, he's arguably been our best player this season. I I would have given Mendy player of the year, but. I don't think like that's too controversial. Um, but I agree with Sammy like 100%. The way he just needs to be a deterrent in that midfield. And 
I feel like Pep's going to go for a midfield three of Gundogan, um, Fernandinho and Rodri. Because I think he knows what we offer going forward. And I'll, I think Kevin De Bruyne will be the false nine, Foden on the left, Mahrez on the right. I don't think Jesus or Aguero will start the game. And yeah, so I think in that situation, he just Mount needs to be extra energetic and try to deter Fernandinho from controlling the game because he can. Definitely. What I'm saying is, yeah, I just need our big chances to fall to Havertz. I that's what I need. I don't need any chances falling to that dusty Vanley. Um, that's a lot of pressure. I'm being I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. <laughs> like, fam, I, no, listen. The bro Werner, let's not let's not front yeah. Werner has shown he can't be trusted. He just can't be trusted in a game like this. Like See, let's not pretend. Who, who can be trusted though? Havertz as well against Aston Villa. My man's three yards out, booting it over the goal. Oh no, <laughs> but 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 yeah, I hear that. But if you if you look at Havertz's goals this season. Um, when he's when he's been one v one, he's been very very cool and clinical. Like he he he's he's shown more than enough times that he's capable of finishing off a chance. In my opinion, like yeah, the the Villa one was 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 a big chance, but I think generally, if you look at his goals this season, he's been the most clinical, the most composed, the most you know what I'm saying in front of goal. Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. Like he's the best. Play- he's oozing confidence. Like the way he like, plays, you can see the talents there. Like yeah, like there's nothing stopping Chelsea from winning this game. Nothing at all. Like, we've got Nothing a manager that's... Sorry? Nothing but Chelsea. Exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to say. The, the only per, the only thing stopping Chelsea from winning this game is Chelsea. They've mm. got a manager who can compete with Pep in a game. They've got players who, albeit... Yeah, we don't have as many maybe world-class players as Man City, but we've got players of a very, very good level who have been coached into a system that can yeah. that have shown they can beat... Every every big team that they played against this season, except for Manchester United, you know what I'm saying. Thanks. So, like, fam, there is nothing stopping Chelsea from winning this game apart from Chelsea. That's why I don't need chances for De Verne on this game <laughs> because it's a one-off game. You need to take your chances. Like, I'm not. There's no. There's no second chance. You get one chance, you bury it. Simple. You hit the nail on the head. We have a system, and I I think you can't underestimate like how important that is in the sense that as long as our quality of players is good enough where if they do their roles efficiently, when we get our chances, it's all about take your chance. And we can, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we keep a clean sheet. I genuinely wouldn't because the defense has installed that much confidence in me. Like, it's the forwards that I'm worried about now. Like, it's hopefully Werner gets a little tap in or something. Wouldn't it be ironic if he gets a hat-trick in the final, like... Man, I don't remember the last time we ever saw a Champions League hat trick. So if that were to happen, uh, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of words on my end having to be eaten. The guy doesn't know the offside rule, so the chance of him getting a hat trick is very slim still. But, maybe maybe you know, a hat trick, maybe a hat trick of a chance of offside goals. Maybe a hat trick of offside goals. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, like so um, to round up that section, I'm going to ask you guys. Um, so obviously, you know, Man City—they've been probably the best team in Europe. Uh, Unarguably, in my opinion. So, who do you guys think are the danger men? You know, because I feel like the, the traditional answer would probably be KDB. But for me personally, I think it's I think it's between Morris and Foden. You know, Morris this Champions League um, campaign, he's been absolutely otherworldly. PSG put up a classic. Foden again, phew, out of this world against Dortmund, amazing performance against PSG in the second leg, especially amazing performance. And I feel like 
those guys there are going to be the real test, you know, just see how our fullbacks and our um, auxiliary centre-backs are able to deal with them. For me, it's Riyad Mahrez. I think this could be a coming-to-the-party type of game for him on the main stage. Um, I think Ben Chilwell's going to have his hands full. I remember last year, Mahrez destroyed him when he played for Leicester. It was a game, I watched it, and I remember tuning into Chelsea Hour and Meads was just cussing the shit out of Ben Chilwell. He's like, I can't have that as my left back. Like, go back for all of you if you want to listen to that episode. It's hilarious, honestly. But, yeah, Morris has got the ability to do something by himself. I think Manchester City are such a systemic team where it's always about combinations. Sometimes you can forget that this guy can just rip you by himself and put it in top bins. So Ben's going to have to be on his top of his game, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Shall we? I think it's full Foden. The kid, the kid just out of this world. And the thing about the thing about where he plays is that you, you can never quite pick him up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he he's he's very much given that license that license to to drift all about the pitch. And yeah, he he oh, just a fantastic player. I think he he's a danger man, and he's shown that he can breeze on the big stage too. Like this Champions League final is not going to phase him at all. Not one bit. So Agreed. I think it's him for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's full phone for me. Agreed, agreed, agreed. That was interesting because um, before we even end that session, I was trying to raise an interesting point. So since in the book, two games that we played Pep on the two call, one of the most prominent things I've recognised is about that he hasn't, Pep hasn't really vied away from his um, typical high line. And one of the things that I've, I've understood to see with us especially is the fact that the deeper a team plays against us, the more comfortable we seem to be. You know, it seems to be as though we rely especially on our on our wing backs getting behind. And we don't exactly have natural width, you know, from them guys, but more more on them, the Werner side. So do you guys envision a, a game whereby a pep, you know, he goes with his morals and actually plays a deeper line to try and hamper our um, efforts? No chance. And do you think that could cost him? What 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 if he plays deep? Or if he plays high? If he plays a high line, like, so like rather than um, adjust these tactics, you know, to to try and limit us, do you think that could hamper his, um, well, chance in the final? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely could. It definitely could. But do I see him doing it? No. I think, I don't think Pepper's never, he's never adjusted for anyone. Like, imagine, he, how many times has he played Man United? <laughs> and you see the same thing happen to him. <laughs> like, at least three times at the Etihad, yeah. And he's not adjusted. Do you get what I'm saying? So I don't think he will adjust for this game, though, personally. I think he's still going to play the high line. Um, and he, because the thing about Pep is that he trusts his players. He trusts them so fully that he can take that risk um, because he knows that at the other end of the pitch, they're going to produce. So, yeah, no, I don't see him adjusting personally. I was watching this documentary on Pep the other day and, like, he was saying, the journalist was saying that Pep told him he wanted six players in the final third that are comfy on the ball. So he would sacrifice the striker in for a player that's comfortable when he's surrounded by people. And I think he doesn't believe his team's going to lose the ball. So he'll have Cancelo go and become the seventh man. But then he'll get Kyle Walker to tuck in. And that's his like antidote for any free balls that go through. But hopefully we catch him out, in my opinion. It's going to be interesting because I do feel as though you know, as um, 
you guys, the listeners know about how much I despise that um, that guy Timo, but I do feel he could be a danger, um, especially going behind because as good as um, Diaz has been, you know, um, in terms of his stand-up defensive game, I do feel as if you get the ball in behind him, if Timo gets running, I do think that is where we can win the game. Honestly, but what, I think... But what's he, uh, sorry. But, and do you know why I think what, that? Because yeah, I don't know if you remember that Man United game, even the Man United game, um, even the, the the Liverpool game, you know, at Anfield, that that right side channel, you know, where Cancelo's allowed to venture forward, it seems to be the place whereby City are at their weakest. You know, we saw it against um, Aston Villa, where it was exploited. You know, we saw it against Leeds, you know, where it was exploited again as well. And I do feel as though if you have a team out there, you know, he's fast, we may just be able to exploit it. And you know with Zayesh as well, Zayesh has got the ability. We haven't seen it on a regular basis. So it's, it'll be hard to play him. But he's got that ability, first-time ball on the floor, like just cuts out the two defense, like in between the centre-back and the full-back for Timo to run onto. I think he did it in the first game. And then he ran into the box and it was a cutback for him, empty net. So we're going to have to thread those balls through because they are going to hold a high line. And uh, that's going to be our yeah. way to capitalise. I hear you on that, yeah. But for the love of God, I did not want to see Zayach from, from the start. I think I can envision him coming on um, probably for like, for Mason or Havertz. No, I, I probably envision him coming on for Mason probably somewhat very late in the game. Um, especially if we're, if we're winning. Um, but Jimmy, Have you ever seen Mason get subbed off? Yeah. How often that does that happen though? Not, not, not often, not often, but the thing with Mason is that certain games, yeah, because he, he's so um, gun ho in it, like when we're winning and we're in a comfy position, he gets, he, he does get, he's been taken off a couple of times. I remember Atletico um, away, um, we went, when we were in a healthy position, we took him off, took him off against Fulham, I believe, as well. Um, but yeah, no, to be fair, the only reason why I say him is because that's the only place that Zach can really play in the system. Because if we, because I think what we're saying about the split forwards, and then there being um kind of like a number ten kind of player, that's the only place that Zach can play. He's not going to play in the split attackers, is he? So, that's yeah, that's why that's, that's why I said potentially it will be Mason Mount to come off. Um, but yeah, please, God, I I don't want to see him from the start. Please, just please. Fair enough. So none guys. of us see Pulisic starting then. <sighs> nah, one, I think yeah. I think if Havertz is fit, I think he'll favour Havertz. Yeah, because yeah, you Pulisic know, t- offers that running off the ball as well. True, but as um but, as yeah. Tuchel said, he's a good super sub. You know, impact be- impact bench. Yeah, if anything, if anything, those would be the subs. It'll be Zh and Pulisic, maybe Cho. Boy, <laughs> but the I, don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> no, but no, but Cho because Cho came on against in the thing. In he came on. In the Premier League game, in it, was it wing back? In the, no, him on in, in the forwards. In the forward line, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, five yeah, subs as well. Remember that five yeah, subs as well. We yeah, know yeah. Tuchel's not exactly the, you know, he's not exactly gone home when it comes to the subs at times. I think I think Ziyech Ziyech and Pulisic will be the will be his go to, definitely. Yeah, I think I think we're definitely gonna see like Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante playing. Ziyech will definitely come on. I think regardless whether we're winning or losing, like, so if Kovacic doesn't start, he'll come on. If Ziyech doesn't start, he'll come on. I think they're they're almost set to play. But yeah, then his go-to subs. 
Yeah, they, they do offer a bit of impact. You know, we did see it from Ziyech, you know, when he came when he got the goal. You know, we saw it from Cal as well in the Prem. You know, he came in and he impacted, he brought in a bit more pace. So just to wrap up that um that section there, guys, I'm going to get your predictions in the game. So what are you guys expecting in results, guys? I'm going to start with you, Shami. 2-1 to Chelsea. That, that, that's how, that sounds as if, like, you, you forced it out. <laughs> I'm I not sure you did. I, I was struggling. I was struggling to find my meat button. That's what it was. Hey, fair enough, man. Alexis, <laughs> yourself? One one and then penalties and inshallah. Like fully. Like, I'm just gonna be mm. praying. I hear you. Man. It's gonna be a long night. That's I think it'll be KG. It'll be a boring game. We're gonna be invested, so we won't care. But I don't think it'll be pre. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be pre at all. At all. I think it's gonna be a I'm KG a, affair. I'm the one that thinks the game's not gonna be boring, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be some drama. I want to be surprised. Our games against City this season haven't been boring to sit. I don't think it's going to be a boring game. I think but you've I got think two managers a... that want to win. Obviously, albeit very strategically, but I think, and actually, the way Pep plays, like Pep, Pep's not going to make that final boring. Like the way he's, I think City are going to come out and just play how they always play, and that's it's going to be, you know, what I'm saying, very much tiki taka and very much on the front foot. But I um, think we'll make it boring. I think we'll park that bus and we'll be like, we'll take a nil-nil right now. Open us up. I, I don't I don't think so. I think I think, yeah, I think to an extent we're gonna I think we're gonna be conservative. So to that extent, yeah, maybe. But I think the way we've the way the way we spring quickly in those transitions, I think that's what we'll bring to the game on an entertainment level, in my opinion. Um because that's what I've seen from the two City games. Like, we've sprung really, really quickly. Um, and not even just in against City, against Atletico as well. So those games where we have sat in deep, when we got the ball, we sprung mad quick. And that's how we kind of um, hurt teams and kind of made it a, um, a bit more, well, that's what we've added to the quote-unquote entertainment part. So I think that's how I see it going, personally. But I don't think it'll be a boring game. Well, you know what? If it's a boring game, it's an exciting game. As long as we win... I'm a happy man. So yeah, to wrap that up, let's um get some listeners' questions. You know, guys, shout out you, you know, Discord listeners. You know, you guys are always popping. The chats are always popping. We've got thousands of people in there now. We've got different communities. We've got basketball, F1, football. You know, we've got e Freckus. Guys, go sign up, man. Trust me, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. So um, one of the first questions from um one of Discord faithful. You know, he's a big support of the show. Sam, thank you. Sam wants to know, um, how many midfield options do Chelsea need next season? And who would your preferred options be with the players that we already have? And I find this question interesting because we recently had a court of agenda on the Patreon between um, you, Alexis, and a um, man like Joe, you know. You know, you guys discussed um, the Conor Gallagher and Conundrum, you know. I know you were on the side of selling him. So I want to get your opinions on the midfield and what kind of options do you think we need going into next season? I think we need a player of maybe we can't get a Verratti. I think we need a player of that mold. Someone who's got a little bit more bite and a little bit more discipline in that six, double six position. Because if we're going to continue with the three centre backs, I think that's the category of player we should be getting instead of a DM. But if we are going to move to a four at the back, a conventional DM would be nice to see. Uh, assure many is linked, but I don't. I haven't seen enough to sit here and chat shit to you guys and lie. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. So I'm going off FM and any YouTube videos I've seen. 
I've seen enough of Declan Rice to say he's got talent, but I don't. I wouldn't spend the 80, 90 million that like people are shouting about. I think Eve Basuma would be great in a double six, but I don't, like I think he's done it already at Brighton. Yeah, yeah, like he's yeah, exactly. He's been doing it at Brighton and he's been doing it well as well. I like the way he is on the ball. He's got a good range of passing, he's got an engine on him, and he's got a good pure strike of the ball, which I think is important. We're lacking that in the team, apart from Mount, who who shoots from outside of the box. And like I think we're all the same age, like roughly the same age. So we remember like SEN, Balak, Deco. Uh, Lampard all in the same midfield. Oh, Ballack, Ballack didn't really give it give it to us though, did he? When he was at, at Chelsea, no, he didn't do it. Like I think it was the tail end after his injuries, wasn't it? But he always had that thunderbolt of a strike on him as well. And you, when you have players of that caliber that are not scared to shoot and are willing to shoot, it keeps the mid the opposition's team honest. Like they're always focused to like come out, and then it creates holes and it allows like that extra yard of space. So I think it'll be good to add a midfield that can, like, take a strike from far. Fair enough. Do you have any any players in your eyes or your eyes on or? Basuma, like Basuma. if we, yeah, I think Basuma's the one. If we're going for the double six, I like Douglas Luiz as well, but I don't know how possible that will be because Man City have a like one of those clauses on him. So as soon as we put a bid in, they can match it. Yeah, different. That would be a perfect thing to do in match which has to send it for double. Yeah. So, um, Shemi, what, what do you think about our midfield options going into next season? In terms of who we should get? Um, uh, more so in terms of um, who, would your, who would your preferred options be with what we have and, yeah, who would you get? I think we definitely need to add. I think that's for sure. Um, I think we only have three certified midfielders right now. Um, I, I I can't I don't watch Gallagher I, I don't care for West Brom so sorry um, <laughs> I can't speak He's not him. that good let me give you a little like, I, I, brother if good. I start if I start speaking yeah <laughs> if I start speaking on that yeah because from what I've seen kid looks kind of meaty still but we'll watch his face in it um, I think Vinny Gilman needs to go on loan so that leaves us with three midfielders I don't think Mount is a, is a, is a double six guy in my opinion I think Mount is an eight. I don't think it's a six. So, yeah, we, if, look, if we're going to sign anyone, it has to be Basuma. It just has to be. The kid's quality. Like, it's right in front of us. Like, we do, Chelsea are just so obsessed with names, stars, buying guys from abroad. Bro, there's a guy here that you're, you're watching every week that literally ball out in midfield in, in Premier League games. Like, why, why look elsewhere? Just why? It has to be him. There's one in France that I really like. He plays for Ooh, Lyon. You're going to say the name Kakare, isn't it? No, no. It's Bruno Gilmarez. I like him. I'm a big fan of him as well, yeah. Brazilian guy. Like He's neat on the ball. Good defensive midfielder where he can put a challenge in. He's he's an upgrade on Jorginho in the defensive aspect, in my opinion. So he adds the bite. Plus, with the whole TV deal in France, he could come on the cheap. Uh, Camavinga is available. I can't believe none yeah. of us have mentioned that. Forty million yeah. Camavinga. You see the thing about Camavinga though. I, I find he's young, man. Yeah, he's young, and I I don't see him leaving France any anytime soon. He's you know? young, man. He's I, I eighteen. Feel as, I feel as though PSG, if he's gonna leave, you'll do like something similar to like an Mbappe, you know, like a the upwards move, you know, domestically before he wants to leave. You know. By the way, He'll, if we on. sign another six, right? Do you think we'll sign a six that comes in to start? 
Because if one of them comes in to start, that means one of Kovacic, Kante and Jorginho will leave because there's no way one of them at the tail end of their career will want to be fourth choice. That's a good point. Like, so that's the question I would give to you guys. Like, that's I, good think, point. I think I think I think Kante Kante is, is he 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 needs to be managed very carefully. So Kante's not mm. gonna play every Hey Shemi, man, we, we we've heard some of your thoughts on Kante, man, or, or recent. So I'd be careful as you. I'll be careful as you. Hey, so, no, some like, people, gassed, hey gassed, so, so, some man was saying he was he was nearly finished, but like I'm my guy, my guy. You were talking that too much. It's been, it's been me wrong. I've, 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 I've retracted you, bum. You know I haven't retracted you. <laughs> but yeah, that question that Alexis asked, I think it's interesting because you know there have been some reports that Jorginho is feeling a bit homesick. You know, his family's still in Italy, and can you blame him? You know, Naples is a, it's a beautiful city. You know, lovely coast. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was him to be leaving, but. Right, and the fans haven't made it easy for him either. Yeah, they, are, they haven't. They haven't. He's played a massive role, you know, in getting us where we have been. You know, he, he's put his heart on his sleeve, you know, for Chelsea. You know, he's helped us win the Europa League. He's been he's been pivotal, you know, whilst he's been here. He's been pivotal whilst he's been But for, for me personally, if he were to go for midfield option, for me, I'd go with a, with a Kakarot. Simply because I feel like he's the perfect Kante replacement. Perfect. The guy's got an engine... He's a brilliant ball carrier. He's an amazing passer. And the reason why I want him especially is because if you look at the French League currently, they're going through um, some financial problems. And it's been quoted already that um, an hour would be available for less than £30 million. So if he's available for that... Is it 30 or 13, did you say? 30, three zeros. Less than. Less than. So if he's he's worth that, a Kakare, you know, he's able to play play in in the sixth position. You know, he's got a brilliant passer range. I keep, I'd keep, I'd, I'd hope that Chelsea, you know, will, will keep an eyes out on France, especially because you know, you've got him, you know, you know, you've got a Bubakar Kamara, who's a more natural and ball playing DM. You know, shout out Timson, he's a big fan of him, and even even with a, with a true many, I feel like he's interesting because I don't exactly think he's a he's a natural six. I feel like he's a bit more he's a bit more forward thinking with it. You know, like I feel like he's a lot more prone to getting forward because. The Monaco, where they play a 4-4-2, where you know you have one sitting, one getting forward, etc. It's not exactly the same as playing double six position. So to sign you would be it would be a risk, I'd say, but There's maybe it's a risk that I have to pay off. There's a link with Weigel as well, because mm, yeah, was I wasn't a big fan of that one. I wasn't either, man. I'm nah, not gonna lie to you. I, was I not hated a big fan that, of that one at all, man. I'm I feel not a big very fan of that. iffy. Mm, very, it's like very Jorginho iffy. 2.0, but without Just the a, bite. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly 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 that so um, just to end off um, we had, we had another we had another question about um, what a front three would be and you, well we've already spoke about it in terms of having a two up top of um, Havertz and uh, Werner with a mount as um, the third midfielder so um, and the next question is from Raul Cortez he wants to know what are the pros to signing Declan Rice um, he says in quotation marks I'm not really um, in favour would it really be a bad idea to try Ampadu or even Chalabon instead of signing a declaration? It'd be way cheaper. And I'm going to quickly jump in there. I'm going to say it's interesting because um, recently it came out that um, whereby, I don't know if how close you guys for the championship, but Norwich were actually more interested in signing Ampadu alone over Oli Skip. So I do feel as though that loan at Sheffield, you know, it, it was quite a failed experiment in the fact that their season was upside down. You know, and I feel like that's that's the second bad loan he's had already, which is probably like you know had a big um pause in his development. Trevor Chalabar, he's had a very very big impact at at Lorient. 
You know, he's he's been one of the best midfielders in that league defensively. You know, he's really had he's like the, the fans are really singing his name, singing his praises. So he has got a, a big shot. But for me personally, I do feel as though um Arise. So physically he he'll add a lot to the team. You know, he, he he's a boyhood Chelsea, Chelsea boy, you know. He, he he's what the year does love, you know. He's gonna fight for the badge, he's gonna run till it hurts. But for me personally, where I do feel as though he excels defensively, you know, he's a very good attempt with the ball. I feel like a lot of people underestimate his reading of the game. He's able to read the game pretty decently. But for me, what I always say is there is a transfer of skills when you go to a top six team. The way you defend at West Ham is not going to be the same way you defend at Chelsea and the way you progress the ball once you defend it. You know, it's not just you sitting back once you've got the ball. You're going to have to get forward and progress the play. And I don't know if you guys have seen Declarice's passing. There's a bit... It's a bit higgy. I, I won't lie. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't have a pass in, but sticky steel. Yeah, it's, it's quite a sticky one. I, I'm not sure that for the quoted price that of 90 million, even half of it, I would even pay half of it. You struggle to get me to pay 30 million for him because for me personally, if you're going to pay 40 plus million for a midfielder, you've got to have some sort of European pedigree. You know, you've got to have some sort of, you have to have a pizzazz. You know, you have to have something that makes you special, you know, on the ball. Because at Chelsea, you're not just going to be just relied on to just break down play. You're going to have to do a bit more than that. And what you guys want to rest? We're going to see, right? And this is where we're going to see a lot of people that who's watched Rice and who haven't, in my opinion. When England play against teams that have a low block, and all of a sudden, people are going to be like, oh, Calvin Phillips and Rice aren't passing the ball quick enough. We need to take one of them off. And you're going to get that over and over again. Because in my opinion, he doesn't shift the ball with enough efficiency. Like, we're used to Jorginho in that position where it's a little bit more slick with Kovacic. People get excited with that. Even Kante. I think Kante is a better passer than Rice in those tight areas. So what is he going to be good at? Like, because the guy wanted to like me to technically sell him on the question. Like, he's good in, like, he's going to give us a leadership presence because he talks a lot. Um, he's going to, like, he's going to be good at defending set pieces. So when crosses come in, I believe that he would be a good option to have because of his size and height. And if we do play deep blocks, the West Ham way against in the big games, I think he'll flourish in those. But we don't play those games. We played eight of those games a season, max. Yeah. The other 30, what are we going to do? Have him on the bench? Yeah. yeah I mean, to be fair, he, he did say he's not exactly, um, you know, in favour of Rice. But yeah, so um, to go to the last question, when we wrap up the show, Beyond the game, well, this this was actually for Dan, funnily enough. So, boy, unfortunately, Dan's not here, but we'll we'll, we'll, do, we'll do our best, you know, to to answer these um to answer these um plays. So, Offrey wants to know, and beyond the game, who does Dan want us to sign for centre forward? But for, for everybody else, um, how do you feel about us going to a season with Kai and Timo up top? Shemi, I'm going to start with you on that one. Who would you want to sign a centre forward, and how do you feel? About a season with Kai and Timo up top. Um, it has to be Haaland. If not Haaland, I'm I'm on a I'm on a, I'm on a Dan vibe with Ian Acho. You know, I can't lie. Wait, um, what? Yeah, no, Dan 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 suggested you sign Kletch Ian I don't think it's a bad shout. I, I don't, don't think it's a bad shout, but it's such a Dan shout. It's such a. It's Dan a it shout. is a Dan shout. It is a mad Dan shout. I can't, <laughs> I can't lie. It's a it's a Dan shout for real. But um, yeah, no, if you're saying who should be the top, I think Kylan is the guy there. Um, in terms of how do I feel of Kai and Timo next season being our strikers, just no. Because, um, <laughs> look, fam, I don't know how many times, yeah, 
You have to pretend that Timo is like, but okay, I'm all for giving that player the second, you know, second, you know, buy at it, yeah. And I think it's very possible that Timo could explode this season. It is, it is very possible. But based off of the evidence we have seen this season, it just can't run. Simple as, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just can't. So, yeah. Boy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Sherry, but I don't think Harlan's gonna happen because I don't I don't believe that Dortmund are gonna sell both Sancho and Harlan in the same window. And it does look like Sancho is out of there. You know, there's been a gentleman's agreement, and it does seem that he will be headed to the Prem. So hey, watch this space. Let's see where he ends up. For me personally, I wouldn't be surprised if we went for Lukaku. You know, the club seems to be a big, still be big fans of him. You know. A lot of people are a bit scared, you know, of um, the Manchester United stink, as some people have um, quoted it. You know, has he really changed? Is that touch better? How is his link up and his hold up play? What do you think, Alexis? Um, I think, I think Dan. I spoke to Dan about the striker the other day. He wanted Levan. Like he said, if we can make that happen, he would be very happy. And I agree with him. I think would be crazy to turn away from Levan. The Lukaku thing. Um, I don't want him. And this is the first time I've actually said that, like, so exclusive. But <laughs> I've always been on the edge. But the reason I don't want him is because I feel like people are saying his link-up players got better. It might have. But in Serie A, the way they, they've been playing every time I've seen them, they've been on the break. Even against the weaker teams, Conte would bait the teams to come into them. And then Lukaku would release Martinez. That, that, sounds, like very, that sounds very Conte-like to me. Like, so every time I've seen them, that's how they played. And I don't think Chelsea are going to, to have that kind of style. So I don't want us to go and spend 62, 69 million, whatever is reported on a striker who will get us 15 goals. But we're going to be like 10th game in. We're like, oh, Lukaku can't hold the ball up. Look at this touch. Because all of a sudden, you're asking him to do a different role that he hasn't been doing in the last two years that he's been at Inter. And... I just feel like there's more value in the market somewhere else, even if we don't sign a striker, because I don't think it has to be a striker. Like, just, oh, no, we have to get a striker. It can be, let's delay the striker, go get Jaden Sancho, replace Pulisic or Zayesh with a Jaden Sancho, because you're still adding numbers to the front line and creativity by signing a player of that caliber. And then in the future, all of a sudden, he can talk to Haaland, try bring him, or maybe Mbappe is going to be available on a free in a year's time. You don't know. Like, money talks. You could try to attract better players by having better players at the club and a winning environment and a winning culture. Mm, it is an interesting one, the striker position. And I've always been a big proponent of the fact that I, I don't. I feel like Chelsea, they tend to taste the name, you know. Who's the hot name this window? You know, who's the guy? And I feel like that is something that we fall in... Um, victory quite often, you know, and I just and, I, and I'm quite worried that we may do that with Lukaku. And I do feel that if Lukaku does come in, I think um, a player of his presence, he he demands the respect to be able to be playing for, for 30 plus games a season. So I, I do have full confidence that he probably would be a two and three kind of striker, but I guess then again, it's the, it's the stuff that comes around it. And um, but for me personally, um. With the striker situation, I think it's interesting because I do feel there's a couple of them young strikers around in Europe, you know. There's a Daniel Marlon, you know, I feel like he may cost a bit of a of a, of a pretty penny, but, you know, he's played very, very well, you know, for PSV, you know, he's able to, he has a lot more about his game. 
than just the goals. You know, he's, he's a creator, you know, and that's something that we do want to see in our front forward line. You know, he's increased his numbers um, this season. He's got 19 goals, I believe. He's got eight assists. You know, so there you go. You know, we, we see that he has that balance of goals and assists in him and he's able to create for his other teammates as well. But I do feel as though that if we were to be smart in the market, for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a massive fan of Alexander Isaac from a real Sociedad. Um, he's shown me that he has a very, very well-rounded game. You know, he's a traditional striker in the fact that he's quite, he's quite strong and sturdy. But one of the things that's quite interesting is by him is the fact that he's six foot five. He's a very good dribbler. You know, he's able to carry the ball forwards. He's got a range of finish, left foot, right foot. You know, I can read up his stats here now. You know, 17 goals in 30 starts, not a single penalty. You know, it's quite impressive. You know, three headers, uh, five goals in the left foot, nine goals in his right foot. So you can tell he's a player that he has a, he has a range of striking. And I do feel that that is the kind of striker that does tend to succeed at Chelsea, you know. You know, he's a bit of, his, of a physical presence in the box. You know, he could be a bit of a bully. And I do feel as though, like, at the age of 21, you know, if you look at a Sociedad this season, you know, I don't believe that they're, they're, they're not exactly, you know, they're in, um, they're not in Champions League space at the moment, you know, they're, they're fifth. So I don't think he'll come at a premium. So a player like that, you know, who's not going to cost as much as a Haaland, but you know he has the potential to go on and score, you know, I add more value to the team, but... I don't know. I don't feel as though that we, we need a striker. As as much as you guys have heard me, you know, slander Werner, I do feel as though that if you add a Sancho to the team or you add a creative midfielder, there'll be such a flurry of chances being created that we will inevitably score more goals. You know, I am willing to risk it and give Werner more, one more season if it means that we go for Haaland next season. But obviously there will be more competition for him next season with that release clause. I don't know what you guys have any thoughts about that. Um, I like what you said in the sense that the, the profile of striker that you mentioned. Um, I like Osiman from Napoli as well, but mm. I don't think we can. We don't. We can't yeah. get him. The problem with Osiman is that that the, how much he cost them was yeah. like eighty million. Yeah, so he'll be going for one fifty, like. Yeah, but, but yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a sticky one for me. It's, it's a very sticky one, but yeah. So to thank you guys for listening. So to wrap up the show, Shemi, thanks for joining. Pleasure, bro. Pleasure. Alexis, it was a joy having you on. Thank you very much. Hopefully we get a W on Saturday. Hopefully we get a W on Saturday. Guys, you know, remember, don't forget the Patreon. We've got the Saturday show coming up. Probably going to have a, another cheeky preview show coming up for the Japanese League final. Hopefully get a Man City fan on. And there'll be plenty of scout reports, you know. I'm going to do a cheeky, probably, I'm probably going to do a cheeky scout report on Isaac, you know. Show you guys a bit of what he has to offer. And hopefully convince you guys to get on, get on, get, get into Isaac Hyde. So thanks again for joining us and peace. He done it! The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club! European champions! They've beaten Bayern in their own backyard! They've found the Holy Grail! After adventure, fraught with danger! And Drogba may never play for Chelsea again! He will never be forgotten! He's in hard! Sports Social Podcast Network.